I think though, um, I think it's relatable because we've all been to a Bucks party wearing a Hawaiian shirt, or we've all been in a pub and a group of young teeny boppers walk in with a high pitch, you know, hi, my God, it's so nice to see you. <laughs> and so. For you, you reckon that's the key to your success in the videos? Was it the people? I don't know whether you'd call it success. I don't think I'm successful just yet. Yeah, reckon. Humans of Agriculture podcast. That's successful. (laughs) Being a drunk publican with hangovers every morning. That's not successful. (laughs) Well, good day and welcome to episode 84 of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'd like to acknowledge the Wiradjuri people, the traditional custodians, and the land on which I'm recording this podcast extend those respects to their elders past, present, emerging. And I'd also like to extend those respects to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to the podcast today. This one is most certainly a little bit different to what we normally do. Back on the 27th of November, I had the chance to head out to Kolai Hotel and catch up with the one and only Tom Hancock. Behind this larrikin publican is a story of someone who's certainly seen various parts of Australia as well as other parts of the world. Tom's story and actually his decision point was whether he was going to spend that money and become a spraying contractor or buy a pub. Anyway, I'm sure many of you know how this story goes. Rather than giving him too much of an introduction, I could say funny things like, oh, he's Eliza's dad and the sidekick to what is the Collie Hotel TikTok and Instagram page, but I reckon we might just jump into it. Now, just one very quick note. I know that we've got an audience of all different ages and demographics, and so what we've done, we've tried to get rid of as many of the swear words as we can, so you might hear a few blank sentences, but we've done that to make sure we don't interrupt the conversation too much. We're also protecting your ears. How would you introduce yourself? I'd go, hi, I'm Tom from Kai Hotel and welcome to the Kai Hotel podcast. <laughs> I'm your host this evening. <laughs> welcome to Nine's Wide World of Sports. <laughs> I reckon that's the start. Yeah, that should be it. Perfect. Um, when's Eliza coming? Because I think she's the star, isn't she? Mm. Everyone likes her more than me, but I don't even know where she is. She mm. should be out there playing in the traffic or something. What's it like to be have a daughter who's more famous than you? It's um, pretty hard, yeah. It's quite annoying. We've actually been getting a lot of um, different bits and pieces sent to us in the mail. And uh, my wife's obviously getting very excited because it's all for Eliza, but it's none of it's for me. Someone sent me a long neck holder the other day. That was pretty awesome. But Eliza's getting sent clothing and hats and scrunchies that go in your hair and all that sort of jazz. And I'm actually just getting tiddly squat, which is pretty fucked. But anyway, it is what it is. I don't think you've changed, have you, since you started to get famous? Uh, You're still in the same clothes. Yeah, I'm still in the same clothes. It's kind of weird. It's like, uh, what's that guy that was on Hey Hey at Saturday that wears that hat that everyone knows? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Jack. Yeah, well, I don't even know. I can't even remember his name. But it's like him. I'm, I think I'm only just known for wearing this stupid uniform that I wear. But I think it's because I'm a stupid publican that I'm always in my uniform. That's the only drama. I love that how you, um, you called this harvest the publican's harvest. Yeah, it is. It's definitely the publican's harvest. There's obviously a fair few people in the pub now and they've got nowhere to, do, you know, nowhere to go and nothing to do at the moment because we've had over 100 mil of rain so what do you do you just go to the pub and have a have a couple of skewies do you reckon this have you been doing a lot of praying and it's just someone's answering your prayers yeah that's exactly right (laughs) i tell you what it's quite interesting at the start of it you know a fair few days ago i was you know bullying everyone they'd come into the pub and be like oh how good's this it's rain you know go me but at the start they thought it was funny but i better not say it anymore because there's obviously some you know people that are starting to really feel it now with obviously uh, not being able to get ahead of going in the paddock and 
there's only so much drinking you can do, you know what I mean? Um, you'd be looking forward to the cutout parties now. Oh, you? yeah, for sure. But uh, at the moment, it's almost like they're cut up, cutout parties now, but they're all just in here drinking their sorrows away, I think. When, when did the people start to come back, the influx? Uh, well, since obviously the corona, it's obviously been absolutely incredible, literally day one as soon as um as soon as we opened the doors whether it was from all the um you know with all the videos or whether it's been harvest it's all just been crazy crazy busy crazy busy so it's all started right from the very get-go just everyone's just been excited to get out and about and you know go out and blow the cobwebs out of the car and come to the pub for a meal or a beer and have a yarn i want, I want to ask you about your tiktok and all the videos but i might park that Tell me a little bit more about uh, where you grew up. Where was home, Tom? So, grew up on a, a cattle place uh, on the Bathurst side of Blaney. Um, so, uh, yeah, m- m- my mother and father have got a Paul Her- Hereford stud down there. And mum's also got a nursery down there called Dray Shed Nursery. So, uh, yeah, grew up down there on the land and loved it. And uh, there was always a part of me, we're a bit hilly country there, There's always a part of me that always wanted to move west further because mum originally grew up around this area. Warren Quambone, so um, before mum and dad met and mum moved to Blaney, um, yeah, that's that's where she grew up, was out in the, out in the sticks, and uh, yeah, there was always something that drew me out here, so I, I came out, and it wasn't too random when we first moved here, because there was a lot of family and friends that already lived in the area, so when we bought the pub, it was great, we already, you know, fit in with everyone very well and all that sort of stuff, so it's been good. The, the pub was accelerating a little bit, leaving high school, was it? Were you still interested in farming? Was, it, was there an option to go back to the family farm? There is. Our place isn't the biggest place in the world, but, um, you know, don't get me wrong, I, farming and stock and all that's really where my passion is, but I, I love to say to farmers around the local area, really rub into them, like, there's more money in bloody publican, being in a, a publican than there is farming, so <laughs> obviously there's not, wink, wink, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, potentially in the future we might go down. My wife's from Canamble and they're on a, on a cattle place up there too, so there might be something in the future to go back to one of the two places, but at the moment, just being a publican, just living the dream now, so there's no reason to go chase cattle around in the scrub, so might as well stick around to you. Just do it for a video every now and then. Just do it for a stupid video every now and then, be an absolute <laughs> knob. <laughs> in terms of, your videos are fairly accurate, but you finished school and went mining. Why did you go and do that? Oh, I think I was a bit money hungry. I think, uh, yeah, just fell in love with making money and I suppose if it wasn't for things like that and, you know, I probably wouldn't own a pub now, you know, try to save a little bit. Obviously, you don't. You normally, you know, spend most of the time pissing it up the wall, going to races and BNSs and whatever else. But, yeah, so, and then, yeah, I'd, I literally was actually mining one day and I remember I was actually uh, working for a company and I was going up to Moree. I was selling um, GET, so ground engaging tools, everything that would go into the ground and wear out you know, dozer edges and all that sort of shit. And then I was stopped on the side of the highway and there was a couple of headers moving. And I thought to myself, I was just like, you know what, this isn't me, I'm not a miner. So I literally went home, literally quit. And then uh, next thing you know, I was over in Alberta in Canada farming over there and did a few stints there. And, you know, in between I'd come back to Australia and work at Oscott there in Warren and jump on a cotton picker or whatever. And yeah, then go back over to Alberta and live the dream. Sat on a couple of bulls and, and um, yeah, just... Put crop in the ground. It was awesome. Loved it. Best thing I've ever done in my life, farming over there. You keep the um, <laughs> the bull riding piece pretty quiet. How many? Oh, what no, God, two? mate. No, I'm bloody amateur, mate. My old man used to say to me years ago, I rode a couple of steers at a, at a Lindhurst rodeo, it was called, and he called me 0.8. So I couldn't couldn't even last 0.8 of a second, let alone the 8. But no, just over there, just for a bit of fun. I, You know, there's a couple of schools and stuff like that went to, and 
and then uh, went to a lot of rodeos just to watch, you know, Calgary Stampede and all that sort of stuff, and it was awesome. Loved it, but that's all a part of the experience when you're over there. You know, Cowboy Christmas, is nothing better than that. How long were you there for? Just a year? Yeah, I did two seasons, did harvest, spraying and, um, uh, sorry, sowing, sowing, spraying and harvest and then um, came back to Australia and then went back over there for sowing and then a little bit of uh, spraying again and then, yeah, came back home. So all up, it's probably 11 months or something like that, I reckon, just under a year, but two different stints. So when, when you came home, was, it, was farming on the cards? Mm. It was, yeah, and then it yeah, did it ever since, like, obviously different harvest jobs and all that sort of stuff around the area and up around Moree and things like that and then... Uh, yeah, worked at Oscott on a, on a cotton place there, running water and an irrigation team on a new farm that they just bought in between um, uh, Warren and Nevertire. And then next thing you know, I was working for a fellow up in Canamble, um, working for a company called um, Hassad, which was an Arabic-owned um, company owned by Qatar, the country. And then, um, yeah, so left there. And then since it's changed, it's now Paraway, which is Macquarie Bank-owned. Um, and, yeah, I was running a spray rig there with a weed at boom and... Jumping on a road gator there, so we had three road gators there and uh, spraying, you know, contract spraying that place. And then one day, randomly, I was looking at buying a new self-propelled spray like for myself. And the pub actually had come up for sale. My wife saw it on Facebook, and uh, she used to manage a childcare centre up in Canamble. And then we uh, a childcare centre for adults. Yeah, basically. <laughs> now she's doing the same thing. It's just at a pub. But yeah, so and then she literally, uh, well, you know, she was sick of her job, I was sick of mine, and then we saw a bloody pub for the same price as a spray rig, so we just jumped on it, you know what I mean? Like, and so when was that? So that was uh, 2016. Best thing we ever did, because back in um, 16, it was too wet, so there was helicopters landing at the pub, living in the accommodation, it was only helicopters and planes that could spray, you know, spray the crops, and then ever since it was drought, so one wet year, three dry years, you know, if I bought a spray rig, it would have done my ass, you know, it would have been... Horrendous, whereas I always say, you know, pub farmers drink when they're happy and they drink when they're sad, so either way you've got them screwed, you know. <laughs> yeah. In, in terms of that transition from farming into the pub, was it just a baptism by fire? Like, did you come in thinking, oh, this would be easy? Yeah, I did. And to be honest, mental health jumped into a cards a fair bit because it was f***ing hard. Like, I've done a lot of different industries. I don't want to sound like one of those people that, um, you know, that... Uh, you know, it sounds like they've been there and done that, but, you know, being in farming and mining and all that sort of stuff, I uh, don't want to tell a sob story, but I don't think anything is as hard as, you know, especially running a kitchen. Behind the bar's great, but there's always some people that piss you off and make you angry or make you sad, I suppose, but, yeah. It's, yeah, we jumped over not too bad. I'd never even poured a beer, but I think now we know what we're doing after five years. It's only taken fucking five years. Tell me a bit more about that, the, the transition and like, the, the tougher times. Yeah, I think, yeah, obviously since we've been in the pub, as I said, we've done three dry years and then mouse plague and corona with all the stupid rules and all that sort of stuff, that's always been crap. But, um, you know, I think that I'd prefer the pub to be closed for a year from coronavirus than have the mouse plague again. That was just a nightmare, eh? What happened? Oh, just mice running around everywhere. In the pub, not too bad. Oh, sorry. Uh, In the pub, not that bad, but, um, you know, obviously we'd get them. I'd, I'd be lying if I said we didn't get them, but... Um, yeah, just hundreds of them around everywhere and, you know, we're surrounded by farming paddocks and, you know, when the farmers, you know, burn off their crops across the road, it was just like an influx of mice running everywhere through the little village here and through the pub and it was just crazy. Catched, yeah, four or five hundred mice a day, three, four or five hundred mice. Hectic. What in? Oh, just different traps, bucket traps and then mainly we use that mouse off, you know, um... Same exact same stuff that the farmers use. Obviously, you've got to be extremely careful with it. But, you know, and we'd be picking them up everywhere dead off the ground. And it was actually an exercise that em- uh, Emily, Eliza and myself would do every morning. 
So before we'd even open, we'd walk around with one of those, you know, rubbish grabs and pick up dead mice everywhere. With um, with the pub, like you, you mentioned before, people come here when they're happy, they come here when they're sad. During those dry years, what was it like? Oh. Being, like being the place people come to? Did you find pe- people would start to lean, lean oh, across the bar and 100%. start to vent to you? Yeah, I feel like even whether it's a relationship drama or a bloody... Or anything like that, you know, people still always end up telling the public and we just, we're like a sponge, I suppose. But, you know, plenty of times you'd come in and uh, there's always farmers that would, you know, be normally sitting at the bar annoying the crap out of you, but they'd be sitting on the bench looking at the TV. But you could tell something wasn't right, you know, they're looking through the TV, you know, and then you'd say, oh, you're right, and they'd give a big splurge out and then they were ready to rumble again, you know, like, yeah. So it was pretty shit, but thank God we're out of that. Now it's funny, you know. You can't win, buddy. Too much rain, not enough. It's now we're obviously getting too much, but it's just crazy. What do you reckon you'd be doing if you didn't have the have the pub? I'll be farming. Yeah. I reckon. I've always liked trucks and stuff. I mean, I've got a beer gut now to probably drive a truck, but I don't know. I, I think that um, you know, pubs obviously a good industry, and there's potentially can be a lot of ma- money to be made if you're you know determined or whatever else. But farming is still my passion. You know, I love talking to farmers about machinery and burning diesel and what crops are doing and all that sort of stuff, you know, hence the reason why a lot of our videos that we do are agriculture related because it's something that I, you know, know a fair bit of. Hi, I'm Pia, horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank, and I'm here to share our latest insights on Australia's vegetable market. Did you know in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported? Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production, and countries with low-cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade or reach out to me via the Rabobank Australia social media channels to learn more. <laughs> the video is basically your chance to try any job ben, you want. Oh, mate, you have no idea how much I fucking love picking on people, hey? Because people are annoying as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, yeah, I love, yeah, I love actually expressing it now. I think it was finally the excuse to express how you felt about some people because, you know, some of the stuff that they do just drives you nuts, you know? So, yeah, now we've actually even had a few different businesses that have wanted us to express, you know, what we do through their business, you know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, a dress shop, our girls will go in and try a million different pieces of clothing on and then, you know, oh, "Oh, can I I wear this and try this one on? Oh, which is the change room? And then all of a sudden, you know, take up two hours of their time and then next thing you know, walk out with nothing, you know. You just want to stab them in the back of the throat. Would you be trying the dresses on? Mm. For sure, like without sounding like a dickhead, you know how good I look in a dress. <laughs> that's the reason why. Yeah, that's the reason why you're doing this interview or podcast, I should say. <laughs> look amazing in a in a in a dress. That's for sure. Tell me, like, yeah, with the pub and the videos. So during the drought years, do, do people like do they stay? Does the pub stay busy? Do people stay, keep coming? Yeah, yeah. No, the pub's still always pretty hectic. Um, yeah, we're very lucky in that way that. You know, during the drought, it was still it was still something that people needed to do. And I'm not just saying it just because we own the pub, but people actually need to come here and, and have an event. And, you know, this is their meeting place. Everyone that's in here now in the background, like, 
you know, they may not be able to, you know, see people every day. You know, they might be locked on their farm for a month, you know, because the wife and kids might go to town and get dropped off at the bus, and but the farmer, you know, whether he's male or female, is still stuck on the farm. So at least this is their, you know, their venture out to, you know, express themselves or have a yarn or whatever they got to do, you know what I mean? And for you guys, did it end up being fairly lonely with, when things oh, with the COVID? With the COVID, uh, not really, you know, like... Obviously, now I'm saying it on a podcast, but you've got to be careful who you say it in front of. But sometimes I think, you know, with with pubs, um, especially country pubs, it's a blessing in disguise, you know, when they finally now realise that how important they can be for a community, you know what I mean? Like how, you know, like when we close for, you know, six or eight weeks or whatever, then they'll, you know, thinking, geez, we really need to get back to the pub again so we can, you know, have human interaction. But for us, you know, we just had a baby, our second kid, Oki. So she, um, you know, we got to, you know, do the whole stay at home thing and you know did camp ovens and chasing pigs and did whatever else and lived the dream there for a couple of couple of weeks you know um back at your parents place no no just we still stayed here i pulled the big projector screen down and played my arrow card on the big screen and you know watched a bit of tv and had tap beer on you know at my fingertips every day so it was pretty good but as i said it was a blessing in disguise uh, you know for for us you don't want to say it because there's obviously a lot of a lot of businesses that have been affected by it in the past, but ours, it's obviously grown, um, not only because of the videos that we've done, but just because of the fact that, yeah, like... So it actually gave you family time? 100%. You know, like, I fucking slept in a tent on my front lawn with my kid, for God's sake. Like, I would never have time to do that, you know, in the real world of owning a pub, but it was actually brilliant, you know, father-daughter time, and, you know, got to do the bedtime, bath time routine and that with my, my littlest one and stuff, so that was awesome. For you guys, like what is the routine of a pub again? Just go to bed late, pissed, hung up, wake up hungover, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> every day. Yeah, every day. It's uh, it's a good industry though, but it takes a toll out of you. Like you got to drink plenty of grog to you know keep you through. I think. <laughs> so it's not all sunshine. Yeah, that's right. It's not all sunshines, and yeah, that's right. Tell me a little bit more about so how the how did the videos come around? Was it just? You bored him. You ran out of Mario Kart levels. No, no, yeah, no. We, yeah, I actually did finish Mario Kart, but no, literally. So day one, we actually closed on a Wednesday, and it's quite funny because, uh, you know, we did the whole. Ah, oh, this is awesome. We've got a bit of a break happening here, and we we're actually sitting out the front of the pub, and I was having a schooner, and with Emily and Eliza, and that were playing on the play equipment. We had this massive A frame sign out the front of the pub that said "closed due to COVID," and then a caravan had pulled up, this big caravan, and. Literally had to walk around this sign and said, oh, excuse me, um, just wondering if I could come in for a nice warm meal and, you know, pull up my caravan for the night. And I looked at Emily, I was thinking, oh, you're kidding me. Like, this guy can't be that dumb. You know, like this massive sign. He almost tripped over it. Like, it was the size of his caravan, this fucking sign. <laughs> anyway, and then, uh, and then I was like, mate, you know, COVID told him and he walked away. And then as soon as he did it, I started taking, taking him off. And Emily said, oh, that's funny. I'll video it. And then... <laughs> I videoed it and then she's like, maybe we should put this on our Facebook and then put it on our Facebook and then next thing you know, people were just like, can you do another one? You should do another one. And then we thought, fuck, we could do this while we're bored. It wasn't even a really a business thought that we thought about. It was just like having fun. Like I liked sort of a bit of a show pony, I suppose. You, you love the attention. Yeah, mate, I love the attention. At what stage did it, things actually start to pick up with it like did you guys have a big following beforehand no no oh, i mean i think we had oh like on facebook and that we might have had two and a half thousand followers or whatever but you know now it's obviously gone through the roof and like with the whole tiktok thing and that we never even had a tiktok account but mm. you were calling it tock 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 yeah i mean say don't that's how old i am i'm actually 83 years old but no and then as soon as we started that up and then it's just gone gangbusters and i know the potential there is even more growth 
Um, the only drama we're having at the moment, we've got incredible staff here that work at the pub, but I think I need more so we can put you know, more staff in the pub and put more time aside to do these videos. But now you're just so snowed under when, you know, when, you, when you're in a small little country pub like this, you're still the face of the business. So you're still working behind the bar, still enjoying yourself, and you still need to be here. But I need to just go, you know what, bugger it, move to the side and then start doing more videos, you know, because I know it sounds weird, but that's sort of people just literally write us messages every day. Like, what are you going to do next? Or ideas or whatever. There's this guy, um, Ollie, his name is off, um, <laughs> Humans of Agriculture. God, keeps annoying the crap out of me. Oh, my God, can, can you sign my breasts? Like, yeah, righto, pal, no worries. Came all the way out from Sydney. <laughs> wearing a pair of round glasses. Gets lost on the way out here. Never heard of him. <laughs> In terms of those videos, so... Is there anyone you want to give a bit of a shout out to that you've actually taken off? Maybe a, a local stock agent. Oh or yeah, there's a bloke that we uh, that is a local stock and station agent. Sorry, I'm going to park you before you say that. Yeah. Do people know when you're taking off? Like, I think they like, do. Mm. I think so they do. You don't do. tell them. That. They don't know. Okay. No, they have no idea. Uh, the agent one, I think, is very uh, well targeted at all agents because they're all exactly like that. I know when we first opened that it was literally like two minutes into when we first opened there was an um, agent from Narromine sat at the bar, you know, order his kids a meal or whatever, and he would have got, you know, a couple of sips in, and then next thing you know, he was on the phone. Like, they just absolutely live on their phone. So, Justin Sanderson, if you're out there, you're a stock and sage and agent near a wanker. <laughs> Who else has there been? Oh, mate. You've seen the... Um, I've never watched one of your videos. Oh, you're full of shit, mate. You're the biggest fan. Um, <laughs> no, um, you all, like, everyone knows about the... Uh, what do you call it? The, you know, the hens party one? Yeah. You know, when you're the drunk, annoying hens party person. There's a girl actually sitting behind you in a pink dress. Um, she's one of them, but she's not even on a, on a hens party. You know what I mean? And she can't even hear me and she still doesn't have any idea we're even talking about it. It makes it even funnier. But so she lives a life like in a hens party, but they're not. You know, that high pitch. Oh, my God. You know, let's have a vodka cruiser. Like, come on, get off yourself. You know, like, Jesus, ridiculous. I heard it was actually just basically you looking in a mirror and being like, oh, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Your high-pitched voice yeah. laughing really loud and annoying. I think, I think though, um, I think it's relatable because we've all been to a Bucks party wearing a Hawaiian shirt or we've all been in a pub and a group of young teeny boppers walk in with a high pitch. you know, hi, my God, it's so nice to see you. And you think to yourself, oh, God, shut up, you're hurting my earballs. You know what I mean? Like, it's killing me. <laughs> and so, for you, you reckon that's the key to your success in the videos? You, was it the people? I don't know board? whether you'd call it success. I don't think I'm successful just yet. You don't reckon? Humans of Agriculture podcast, that's successful. <laughs> Being a drunk publican with hangovers every morning, that's not successful. <laughs> <laughs> what about with the videos, though? Yeah, oh, the videos. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. I think, what did you say? What was your question? Well, with the videos, is that. What, it's been a part of this. A little bit successful. Oh, yeah, they are. I think it's, it's helped with our business. You know, I reckon it's quadrupled our business for sure. 100%. We even had a family in here the other day that was from Scone. Couldn't believe it. You know, typical pub chat, come up the bar, where are you from, what do you do? And they were like, oh, we're from Scone. I'm like, oh, you're going to go to Dubbo Zoo on your way home, you know, stay in Dubbo, whatever. They're like, no, no, we just come out here for lunch and bought a couple of hats and stubby holders and that. And I'm thinking to myself, Scone to Collar, it's a pretty bloody long way. Like, they would have done, I'm making it up, but probably 800 k's or something to come to Collar for a feed. Yeah, and like, I'm busy still behind the bar, so it's not like I could sign the lady's breasts or anything like that. Like, I was still pretty busy, so... You know, like, I don't know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's shocked us. It drives my wife, Emily, mad. She, well, she actually thinks it's quite funny. Is it tiring? It is. It's tiring being this pretty, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I know, I know it sounds really stupid and like there'd be so many friends of mine that'd be listening to this if they are listening to it. I doubt it because they probably don't like well, it. Everyone listens to it. Yeah, this. in their yachts. No, but like the thing is though, at the end of the day, you're just like, maybe sometimes it is or they want to ask questions or, you know, and I think that sometimes makes my wife, Emily, who's looking at me quite funny now, laugh because she just thinks like is this even actually happening right now like who gives a f who this idiot is he's just a drunk ass wanker that made a couple of videos and then next you know like there was a kid the other day i signed his um stubby holder i thought that was pretty funny and i said to him looked at his mum and dad and i'm like are you kidding me i'm not bloody michael jordan like uh, just yeah, a drunk publican that, not. yeah i'm not not tall and do you have any sporting ability of course i do what I played for the Wallabies, you didn't know that? <laughs> That's the bloke over at the bar. Over <laughs> yeah, there. actually, he's too, yeah. No, I. Uh, long haired Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, the young. Long haired Yahoo. No, I. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a very um, big athlete, as you can see. Mm. Um, it's a beauty about a podcast because not many people can actually see what I actually look like. Actually, maybe they have in the videos, but yeah, I've actually got a pretty big beer gut, so I'm not very good, very good at athletics or any athletic sport, that's for sure. Tell me the best, best and worst thing about all the videos and that attention? Uh, best thing is obviously incredible for business. Worst thing is so many women don't know that I have a beautiful wife. Really? Yeah. Are you going to get her in front of the camera? No, she won't get in front of a camera. Really? Yeah. You don't she think the child gives it away? What, about the wife? Well, yeah. No, well, it could be someone else's. Could be yours. Actually, it doesn't even look like me. Actually, when Oki was first born, not Eliza, but Oki, our little one, I'll never forget this. My dad, we walked into the hospital. My dad walked into the hospital. Oki was like two years old. And he goes, Gordy looks like Richie Flynn, which is a friend of ours. And I was like, thanks, Dad. That's a real big kick in the teeth. Like, our newborn kid doesn't look anything like its father. So, prick. Anyway, so Dad's buried up the back paddock. <laughs> Just tricking. No, I, uh, yeah, no, not really. But no, I could have killed him for it, eh? I was thinking, that's a real prick of a thing to say while I'm holding my newborn child. You could have just been like, oh, he must have got his grandfather's look. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Exactly right. You're not that quick, though. Mm -hmm. um, be good if you were funny. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. <laughs> um, in terms of owning the pub, share what might be some of the wildest stories. Um, I think uh, every day, uh, the beauty about a pub like this is every day there's always someone different, someone unique with a new unique story that always comes in here. Like the other day I had a guy that was in here, um, you know, I, you know, typical chat, always, especially when the pub's quiet, what do you do, where are you from, whatever. He was a guy that lived in Ballina, he used to own a scuba diving business, but now he drives a four-wheel drive Land Cruiser around that when hot air balloons, when people go on hot air balloon rides, in case, hot air balloon rides, in case they come out of the sky and land in a paddock somewhere, he's the one that goes up to them, finds them. So I said to this guy, I'm like, if you gave me a million dollars, I never ever would have guessed that. You know, like, how does someone even guess what that man does? Or I've how had, does someone even get that job? I know, like, it's ridiculous. I, I was a scuba diving person, and then now I'm chasing a hot air balloon around the sky. Like, I didn't even realise that, that even can happen. Do you, do you reckon it's got something to do with air? It's definitely got something to do with heat and air, yeah. So, but another one is, uh, I've had Shane Stedman in here. So Shane Stedman, a lot of people don't know the name, but he's um, actually was the largest surfboard manufacturer in the Southern Hemisphere um, back in the 70s and 80s. Thanks, Meg, for my rum. And um, yeah, so he literally called in here and he had a brand new Jayco pop-top caravan and his pop-top wouldn't pop-top. So he booked out a room and next thing you know, he's wearing this little cowboy hat. And I said to him, I'm like, oh, what do you do? Where are you from? 
and Shane Sedman, and I'm a surfboard beer. And I was like, no, you're not, you wanker. You're a bloody, you know, old bushy. Next thing you know, he goes, well, look me up on Wikipedia. So I did. And I'm sitting across the table from this guy that invented, well, he was the guy that was the largest surfboard manufacturer, but he said, while you're there, have a look. And he was the guy that invented Ugg boots. So, and it's all online, whatever else, and he's been in the pub. He's actually sent me one of his autobiographies or whatever. But what had happened was he, uh, he invented the Ugg boot and, yeah, it was just incredible that he was here. I've had the Honey Badger here. Have you? Yeah, Honey Badger's been here. The fellow there behind you played in the Wallabies with him there years ago and, uh, yeah, just come out here to go and have a look around the ranch. So that was pretty cool. That was after his, that dating show, whatever it was called, but he... The Bachelor? I'll pretend. Yeah, pretend, pretend like, like I don't know. I'm actually not going to lie. It was actually on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was actually on the big screen for the grand finale, but who's saying that? But I, uh, I will tell you a little something that is probably one of the best things I've ever done since we've owned the pub. I actually convinced a, father, a man that he was my father. Yeah. So he came into the pub one day and I, uh, and I said to him, you know, typical, where are you from? What are you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm from... Just what you say to everyone. I do. I think it's just an icebreaker. Hey guys, how are you? What do you What do you do? Where are you from? You know, and then next you know they have a good yak to you. But there was these two fellas that walked in, and I think they were from Newcastle or wherever they were. Anyway, heading west, did a bit of a trip. I was like, oh, what are you boys up to? And they said, oh, years ago I used to date this girl from Warren, and um, haven't been there for a long time, so I thought I'd just go back to Warren and have a look around or whatever. And I said, oh, who's the lady from Warren? And I can't remember the lady's name now, but you know, he said Betty Smith or whatever her name was, and I was like. Mate, Betty Smith, that's my mum. And then he goes, what? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's my mum. And I'm like, did you say you're from Newcastle? Uh, yeah. What do you do in Newcastle? Oh, I'm a builder or whatever he said. And I'm like, um, I'm really sorry. I don't know how to say this, but my mum, Betty Smith, said that my father's a builder from Newcastle, but I've never met him before. So then these two fellas were in here and she's obviously, like, one fella's obviously bashing his mate in the leg being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. This is so fucking awesome. You found your long lost child and he's actually, you know, he actually owns a country pub. So then, yeah, so I actually then, yeah, twisted his brain around and thought that he was my father. Oi, that's definitely worth the dumch. <laughs> no one even gets it. Yeah, no one can even hear that in the background. It's brilliant. When you, you put up that post that we're coming out, and there was a, a bit more of a, a serious side of, of what you've been doing. Yeah. What, what was the serious no. side? You're making me nervous now. Am I in trouble? You are. No, when we, when we put up that... No, and it, it was someone... You see that chick over there that just flashed herself at us? <laughs> oh no, you'll get your back to the crowd. I can actually see him, so it's brilliant. I'm trying to be serious. You no, you're not. With, um, no, what, put a shirt on then if you're trying to be serious. <laughs> um, there was the bloke who used to live on the collar, right? And he'd been in the. We, he actually asked us to do a shout out. So the nurses and doctors at the Dr. Milne Hospital in Orange. And they had actually been talking about you in the background. And he said he was sitting there and he overheard them laughing and talking about your videos. What's it? Do you remember the post? So someone, you, oh Emily, liked it. Oh mate, my wife is the brains. So this fella, he was sitting in in the hospital in in Orange and Doctor Millen Hospital, and he said, "Oh, um, I heard them talking about the Collar Hotel, and they're laughing about the videos. Obviously, nurses and doctors have had it pretty tough over the last couple of years, but he was like, oh, it was awesome just to hear them laughing and having a bit of fun during what was otherwise a pretty shitty time.' Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. So someone someone wrote that in. Mm. No idea. That's he, unbelievable. He used to live on the Collar Road. 
I wonder who it is. What's it like to make people happy? I think that's that's awesome. I love it. And I feel like that's why, even with the job that we do, that's a part of, you know, beer makes people happy. Sometimes it's probably not the best thing for some people, but it's a mad part of our job. When they come in here and they smile and whether they get a good T-bone or a, or a beer, it, uh, you know, pubs are a happy place. You know what I mean? I, especially a, a small country pub like this where everyone knows everyone. Like, it's just awesome for a meeting place and... Yeah, it's the best thing ever. Like, there's nothing better than seeing a, a human smile, and especially little kids. You know, like, probably might not be the best thing for the law, but you know, little local kids. There's one actually sitting up at the bar right now. We're not sitting, but standing up at the bar, getting his ice cream. Like, that's what we are. You know, and the local police even know that. That's just what we do, and you know, that's that's how a how a good pub turns successful in the bush. I think, being family friendly and something that makes everyone happy. What What's coming up? What can we expect? I uh, I feel like I still do sort of take the piss out of maybe some people that aren't local. There's even one that we've got in the pipeline that maybe the people that try and sell you religious stuff that knock on your door. So, yeah. No, not making any comments who that is, but you might have a guess. So that's one of the ones that we're thinking about doing next. So that might be someone behind closed doors. I think we might need to um, broaden the horizons with not just something that's just agriculture as well. I maybe need a bit of a hint, maybe go to the city with you guys and do wow. something. Yeah. Humans of Agriculture podcast, that's who we might go with. <laughs> you might take the piss out of us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, so the next one we've actually been seriously thinking about is this annoying guy that travels all the way out from Sydney that gets lost down a back dirt road, can't go through a creek, next thing you know, turns up at Coli with a camera in someone's face. Perfect. Booyah. And the, and the first question we ask is, is it called Collie? <laughs> Wait, that is that ridiculous. That's where we're trying to get. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that chat. I certainly love getting out to Coli, mainly just escaping Sydney was one big part. But actually, yeah, getting out, meeting all those different people. Shout out to everyone who came along and listened and everyone who we met on the night. It was awesome. We can't wait to get back out there. Our Super Saturday series is wrapping up this weekend. We've got Alex Thomas. She is an absolute rock star. I can't wait to share this one with all of you. So if you're interested in hearing Alex's story and you've got a bit of time on the road this weekend, we've got you guys covered. As we're rounding the corner to what is going to be a very happy end, what has been a fairly challenging year for so many people, we've got one more episode up our sleeves and we're looking forward to sharing that with you next Wednesday. Look after yourselves, stay safe, stay sane. We'll chat to you next week. Yeah, wait, mate. Hey, hey, hey. We're on Humans of Agricultural podcast talking about the Colo Hotel, not the other way around. Do not take this away from me. This day is about me. You're in my pub. This is my rules. Full stop. You're going the right way for a smacked bottom donkey.